This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. I'm going to be here with you for the next three hours. It's a four hour show. We get started 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific, every single weeknight. I'm being joined by super producer and host Dave Shepard. I'm being joined by you on a Thursday night. Thursday night football is going on right now, and we got a game in front of us. Cincinnati, they have major cojones, okay? They just took a 20-15 to 15 lead over Miami. About five and a half minutes left here in the fourth quarter. And why do I say the Bengals have major cojones? They sent out their kicker, Evan McPherson. They said, hey, man, go out there. Knock down a 57-yard field goal. And that he did, giving them the lead. Unfortunately, the big news in this game so far is the fact that Tua Tonga-Valoa, he had to exit late in the second quarter because he was ragdolled to the ground. Joe Tupo got this man by his waist. And the next thing you know, Tua, his head and his neck, his shoulders, they went slamming to the ground. Unfortunately, he lie on the field motionless. Immediately, his hands went up. He had no control over his body. This man was put into an ambulance, stretched off of the field. Obviously, that happened first, and he was taken to the hospital. Yes, this is the same Tua Tonga-Valoa who was basically knocked on his back, on his ass, and his head bounced right off of the field this past Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. And the Miami Dolphins said that, no, no head injury. It was his back. And so the potential for two major head injuries in, in the span of five days is, is scary as hell. And so Teddy Bridgewater is out on the field trying to lead the way, trying to lead the Miami Dolphins to a comeback victory here in Cincinnati. And if he does that, yeah, it'll, it'll be nice. The Miami Dolphins will go 4-0. and Cincinnati will fall to 1-3. and They'll look like a disaster, especially for a team that went to the Super Bowl but Tua Tonga-Valoa will definitely be the big story here following this game. To open up the first hour of the show, we talked about Aaron Judge. The comments made by Roger Maris Jr. pretty much saying that if Aaron Judge is to break the tie with my father, 
and have 62-plus home runs, then Aaron Judge should be looked upon as the real home run king, and he didn't name names, just basically said, Judge is clean, Major League Baseball needs to look at the records, and we know that is one big finger pointing at Barry Bonds. We updated you on some comments made by Rory McIlroy about Live Golf. What else is new? He's saying that this fracture in golf is not going to work. And then a few minutes ago, we talked about Miles Garrett. The fact that he suffered a car accident a few days ago after practice and car overturned. He's dealing with a strained shoulder and biceps, also an injury to his hand. And this might be gamesmanship. But there's still conversations as to whether or not he will actually play Sunday against the Falcons. I don't think they need him to beat the Falcons. Give him a week off. Man got overturned a million times in his Porsche. If you see the vehicle, oh my God, he he's lucky to be alive, Miles Garrett is. So give the give the guy a day off. It's a hard knock life as it is already. And speaking of a hard knock life, if you want to call me, 855-212-4CBS. You can also identify me on social media. That's at JR Sport Brief. It is a hard knock life for Brett Favre. And what the hell and why is Brett Favre even in the news? This is a story that's been kind of percolating, I'd say, for about a year at this point. We learned that Mississippi, which unfortunately uh, is, is a state that is just ravaged by financial mismanagement and people who need it, that money is scarce, resources are scarce. And Brett Favre, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, one of the most respected football players of all time. You want to talk about injuries? Brett Favre just went out there and played all the damn time. We learned about a year ago that Mississippi was giving away money like nothing. Giving it to guys like the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, for appearances. Giving it to guys like like Brett Favre. And for what? Brett Favre was paid a million dollars. In 2017-2018, he was supposed to promote a state poverty-fighting initiative. The fact is, though, he was given money for work that didn't happen, didn't take place. So Brett Favre, and it was misappropriated funds. So Brett Favre gave the cash back. They're suing him for interest. And everybody's just like, okay, you you got money that you weren't supposed to get. And uh, just give it back. Well, it extended past that. It was only about a month ago that we pretty much all found out that, that Brett Favre, it didn't just stop there, that he was in some type of cahoots with the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and that he was in cahoots with a woman named Nancy Newt, who was uh, in charge of the Mississippi Community Education Center. It was her job to spread out $77 million to people who actually need the money. And when I say need the money, you could think about it. Housing programs, food programs, shelter programs, educational programs. 
And there were actually text messages that were revealed between Brett Favre and this woman Nancy knew where Brett Favre is asking about just getting money. You know, how to getting five million dollars to to help build a volleyball stadium where his daughter attended school. And why are these text messages coming out? Because they're, they're evidence. Nancy knew she pled guilty to 13 felony counts of bribery, fraud, and racketeering. And so Brett Favre is pretty much getting swept up in all of this right now. And it doesn't just stop there. Where Brett Favre asked about the money for the volleyball stadium. This is a message from Favre in 2017 to her. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? Well, damn, it certainly sounds like somebody was guilty. Her response was, we never have that information publicized. And so Brett Favre hasn't been charged with anything criminal. But his name is certainly in the mud. He sounds like a dirty crook. And then we even learned more. Over the past 24 hours, it's been reported by ESPN and other publications that Brett Favre's own charity, Far For Hope, they donated more than $130,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation, where his daughter attended, from 2018 to 2020. This is the same time period that he was trying to raise money for a new volleyball stadium. And so it's just like, hey, I give you a couple of dollars. I give it to you for your budget, and you can help me out. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And so, yeah, what, what's the problem with, with Brett Favre's foundation giving money to a school? Nothing, right? It's the Brett Favre Foundation. He could do what he wants with the money. So his foundation takes in money from the public because he's Brett Favre. He goes outside and says, hey, I'm trying to help underprivileged children. People will donate because he's Brett Favre. And that's what he did. Far for hope, the the mission statement says, we're going to provide support for disadvantaged and disabled children and breast cancer patients now help me out here hey Shep if I'm getting money right and I send it to a school if I send it to an athletic foundation out of college out of university there could be some disabled children there maybe right maybe you would think yes okay if I'm sending money to uh, a school, would I think the school or the university is disadvantaged? That would be the likely scenario, yes. Okay. And if I am uh, supposed to send money to breast cancer patients, would I be sending that money to a university, an athletic school? Like, w- would I be doing that? Yeah, probably. You'd you'd be doing it for the for the organization that that is most in need uh, of of the generosity that we would think one of his stature would be sending to. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, this is just all very backwards here. If I'm raising money for breast cancer uh, patients, I'm not sending it to a school or university. If I'm Brett Favre and I'm supposed to be raising money for disabled children, I'm 
uh, you know, if, if, if there's a program in the school, then I, I might go ahead and do that. And if I'm supposed to be helping out individuals who are, are disadvantaged, I don't think I'm going to send it to a school's athletic foundation. Now, there were other donations sent to other organizations. My friends, the Special Olympics of Mississippi, they got $11,000. That sounds appropriate. But help me out. Where, where does the math, math, where does the math add up? Hmm. Let me send more than $130,000 to the school. Let me send $11,000 to Special Olympics. This seems rather selective how these donations were distributed. And so I got to tell you this. Brett Favre looks like a crook. He's full of it. He's full of crap. I I commended Brett Favre months ago for what he was actually doing, trying to encourage people. This is from the football side. This might be the only thing he's qualified to do. Brett Favre ran around and said, listen, don't let your kids play tackle football until I believe they're, they're, they're teens. Fine, Brett Favre, thank you for that information. But what we've learned more over the past year, and we got this information almost 10 years ago, he's, he was sending, uh, you know, inappropriate photos to workplace employees. And now he's a thief? I thought he was robbing the world with all those stupid copper fit commercials. I thought Brett Favre was, was kind of hustling people into Wrangler jeans. I thought he was doing podcasts. And by the way, his podcast, his show, his spot on Sirius XM has been suspended. Nobody's talking to him right now. But he's a real crook. Because this foundation has been taking in money. And it's been lying about where it's going. There's no there's no guilty verdict here. But Brett Favre, unfortunately, has also been involved in in, in, in taking money that was not meant for him. I don't know what the hell else but to call him but a crook. And I, I can't wait to find out more information because when there's finality to it, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to say a whole lot more than what I'm saying now. It's just disgusting to know that we got people out here who are starving, who need funds, who need a place to live. And we have someone who's made a, a fabulous living for himself doing this to people. And it happens every day. There's a bunch of people that are anonymous, not named Brett Favre, who are taking advantage of people. But when you're a public figure... You're up for it. And what's it? Criticism. And so has Brett Favre been found guilty? Nope. No, he hasn't. Is Brett Favre in jail right now? No, he's not. Is Brett Favre on trial? No. But I can tell you this. In the court of common damn sense, he's looking like a crook. He's looking fishy. And whether or not he's guilty of being a full crook or being a jackass, I can tell you this. He's a jackass. There's no explaining this one away. And I can already think about what he's going to say. I wasn't in charge of the money. I didn't have any idea. He's going to try to big time himself out of this. 
well, I hired the people to run my foundation and I didn't know what they were doing and I apologize and how can I make this right? That's it. Well, if we have a larger shoe that's going to drop, if we know that there's going to be another hammer to come down, Brett Favre better hope that these individuals who have been already found guilty of bribery, fraud, and racketeering, Brett Favre better hope that they don't start singing and singing his name. Because it seems like every month there's a new issue, there's a new revelation about Brett Favre taking money that he shouldn't have or Brett Favre taking money that he does have and lying to the public about what the hell he's going to do with it. That I don't know what the hell else to say, but it's just it's despicable. It's nasty. What are you going to say, Brett Favre? Where's your statement? Where's the statement from Brett Favre where he says none of this is true? What is it? Is it a legal issue? The lawyers are going to handle it for you? People who don't have a damn thing to hide have no problem speaking up. And sure, we can get into all of the legalese and it's best for Brett Favre not to say anything. By not saying anything, a whole lot is being said about Brett Favre. And it sounds like it's true. Where there's smoke, there's fire. We don't know for certain that Brett Favre took money, didn't know where it was from. But this is factual. Brett Favre lied to the public about donations that they made to his charity, and he lied about where it was going. It went to a school, an athletic foundation, not to cancer patients, not to disadvantaged children, not to people with disabilities. They got a little bit of it. But he's a whole ass liar. And I don't know how he's going to lie his way out of this or try to dress it up. It's disgusting. Stay tuned, people. This is, this is likely just the beginning. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I will update you on Thursday night football. And, yeah, Brett Favre isn't the only person getting beat up right now in the public. LaShawn McCoy decided to bury Kyler Murray. I'll let you hear it on the other side. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. I just want to start off by saying you're one of the best in the game, man. I really enjoy listening to the show. I love the show. I discovered it last year when there was actually no sports going on, and uh, I've been loving it ever since. I genuinely love your show. Your takes are great. I may not agree with all of them, but they're on point. Call in now at 855 212 4CBS. Cincinnati Bengals, they are on point. 
They even up their record at 2-2 two and two on the year. And the Miami Dolphins, they catch their first L of the season. Tonight, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Dolphins in Cincinnati. The final score, 27-15. to 15. As we went into halftime, close game, Cincinnati up 14-12. to 12. Dolphins briefly took a lead with a field goal, 15-14. to 14. In the fourth quarter, the Bengals were able to kick in or put in two field goals. They were able to stop a Miami Dolphins drive with an interception, and they were able to capitalize with a touchdown that put the game away. The final score, 27-15. to 15. And so Cincinnati, they're showing a little bit of life. Not an ideal situation when you start the season at 0-2, especially knowing that you just went to the Super Bowl. And the Miami Dolphins, they were able to go out here and start the year at 3-0, but now they're 3-1. and But the big story for the Miami Dolphins is their quarterback. They were able to escape the Buffalo Bills. The Bills ran out of time to, you know, uh, put a final score on the board, kick a field goal, ultimately win the game, and the Dolphins got away by the skin of their teeth. One of the big plays in that game that was talked about all week long was Tua Tonga-Valoa being driven down into the turf, landing on his back. The back of his head hits the turf. He gets up and he's stumbling. He stays in the game. And afterwards, the Miami Dolphins say that Tua Tonga-Valoa, it wasn't his head. He cleared concussion protocol. It was just his back. Okay. Well, a matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and, and take a break. And a matter of fact, no, let's talk to Dr. David Chow because this situation with Tua Tonga-Valoa is something that is just the NFL Players Association is, is putting out a statement, et cetera. Uh, Shep, do we have Dr. Chow? We, we have the great doctor right now. Dr. Chow, how are you? I'm doing fine. You know, I... Uh... I hate to be coming on in these circumstances, but the good news is there was no neck injury like we thought, and he is being discharged from the hospital, and he's flying home with the team. So at least those are some good pieces of news. Yes, we just learned he left the game with head and neck injuries. He's going to travel back to Miami with the team. Having said that, we know that the NFL Players Association, they already wanted to go ahead and investigate what took place this past Sunday when when Tua was allowed to continue on in the game. What was your level of concern having seen that play and knowing that the Dolphins said it was only a back issue? Well, in real time, when I saw the play, I tweeted that when there are clear neurological signs, outward signs, it doesn't matter if you pass the rest of the concussion protocol you are ruled out, period, end of discussion. And I said that in real time. Now, the only exception for that, of course, is if somehow they determine the, it wasn't neurologic issue when he stumbled, and that's what was reported to be determined, that it was his back. He indeed hurt his back in the first quarter before he left in the second quarter on the quarterback sneak when he was hyperextended his back. But I wasn't there. There's certainly question marks. And if, you know, 
if it was a neurologic sign, he needed to be ruled out. If it indeed was his back and his head cleared. And it wasn't just the Miami doctors. Remember, independent neurologists on the sideline, the Red Hats, they're independent from the team. They're jointly appointed by the NFLPA and NFL. So they answer to both sides. That person also cleared Tua. It's common for the NFL to make phone calls and investigate themselves quietly. The PA is doing it in a public way, and they should. If there's nothing to hide, let them investigate. If there is something to hide, they should find out and and expose what happened. Absolutely. Dr. David Chow is joining us. Very familiar with the situation. I've been lead doctor for, for the Chargers for years. Based on what we saw tonight, knowing what took place this past Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, what should everybody's level of concern be here for Tua Tonga-Valoa? Well, I like to try and give people some reassurances. It's my preference always to deliver positive news rather than negative news. From the get-go, when he was announced leaving on the stretcher with head and neck injuries, I was like, it's not going to be a neck. It's not going to be a spinal cord. This is not Ryan Shazier. It looks very scary, I get you, but it's not going to be a serious neck issue, and so far it's not, thankfully. As far as head injuries are concerned, it's very concerning when you see someone, let's say, have a seizure or a mini-seizure. And I'm not saying that's what Tua did. It's very concerning when you see someone fence or posture. What we call it is the corticate posturing. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, your brain goes sends a lot of different electrical signals and you know you see it in his fingers and his wrist and his elbows and his arms and that's what we saw and it's very disconcerting to see that but the good news is it's usually very temporary and i'm not poo-pooing this whole thing look if it indeed was a second impact that makes it a bigger deal longer recovery we always worry about cte you know let the facts be what they are but part of it is just the scariness of the posturing that gets everyone talking about this. But thankfully, that in and of itself isn't always an indicator of a super severe concussion, so to speak. Well, Dr. Chow, final question here with you. They don't play again, and this is a good amount of time. Until October 9th, they'll be in New York taking on the Giants, or excuse me, the Jets. No reason for Tua not to participate in that game, right? Well, too early to tell, right? I mean, if he has head injury symptoms still and, and symptoms that go beyond the tonight, it's going to – he shouldn't play. If for some reason it's determined that this is a second concussion, he absolutely should not play. It, a simple rule of thumb, and it's not always this simple, is one concussion, you're out for at least a week. A second concussion in the same season, you're out for at least a month. A third concussion, you're out for the season. It's overly simplified. The doctors need to look at him and do what's right. Look, his mom and dad were with him. I've met them before. They're very loving. They're going to do what's right by their son, as they should. And look, just everyone remember before you squirts the Dolphins or the NFL, Tua is the one who also said, it was my back. Now, did the Dolphins convince him to lie? I doubt it, right? Tua isn't filing a complaint. It's the PA, and it's their right, and they should be able to do so. And I'm not taking any sides on this. I'm just saying let's let the process play out, 
and hopefully he'll be okay. The first step is he's flying home. We can start seeing his symptoms. If he doesn't have symptoms going forward, it's not impossible for him to play. But I guarantee you the NFL is going to take a lot of scrutiny at this because they don't want to reflame a, a, a CT and head injury scandal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, doctor, just given my perspective, I'm not a doctor. I'm just somebody who's hit his head. I'm someone who's been in a car accident. I know what it feels like to you know, feel like you got your bell rung. Watching his head slam on the turf on Sunday it don't look great. Looking at his head or watching him get ragdolled into the turf tonight does not look good. And I say to myself, you know what? I don't, I don't want to see the guy play until I know, like, for sure he's going to be smooth. This, the game is dangerous enough as it is. What would you say to people who uh, say, man, he shouldn't have been out there in the first place and he shouldn't be there based on what we've seen just this entire week? Well, it's easy to make all sorts of conclusions from afar. I mean, look, Tua's their guy. They've got a new head coach. They've got something happening. They're doing well. He's their future. Why would you want to jeopardize the future to, to win a regular season game? Uh, you know, uh, look, let the facts play out. I get the realistic questions. I get the natural reaction to the posturing that happened. Thankfully, step one, check. No serious neck injury. Step two, check, discharge from the hospital, flying home with the team. Step three is hopefully he clears very quickly from symptoms. Step four is that nothing long-term. And step five or six or seven is eventually getting back to playing if he chooses to. And let's leave it up to the medical doctors, to his own doctors. I'm sure his agent and family will get involved. And let them decide on their own time what is best for him. And we'll go from there. Dr. Chow, I appreciate you taking the time to lend your expertise. Always appreciate it. Thank you, Jr. No doubt about it. Dr. David Chow joining us, the JR Sport Brief Show, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. He was a, a, a doctor many years for the Chargers, is, is familiar with working with athletes, is familiar with concussion protocol, and so definitely wanted to get him on to, to kind of get the the real information in the perspective of a doctor, someone who has dealt and worked with this on a professional level in the NFL. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Tua is the big story here. The Bengals, they did walk away with a victory. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. First time caller and listener. I'm loving the show. Your show is just absolutely outstanding. I got to tell you, I've been listening to you, and I've been feeling and agreeing with your flow. Call in now at 855 212 4CBS. That's right, it's the JR Sport Brief show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Thursday night football is done. And what happened? 
Tonight, the Cincinnati Bengals, they beat the Miami Dolphins. The final score, 27-15. to 15. The game took place in Cincinnati. The Bengals, they improved their record to 2-2. Two and two. And meanwhile, Miami, the Dolphins, they take their first L on the season. They are now 3-1. and one. Uh, The big story here in this game is that Tua Tonga-Valoa went down towards the end of the second quarter. There's just a, a massive, massive, massive hit. Basically ragdolled on a sack. Head is bouncing off the, the field, the turf. It's it, He looked like he was slingshot into the ground. And we know this past Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, he was hit. And he ended up on his back and his head bounced off of the turf, off of the grass, off of the ground. And so in the course of two weeks, it appears that he had just two major head or neck injuries. On Sunday, the Miami Dolphins said it was ultimately his back and not his head. Uh, We just had a great conversation with Dr. David Chow, who was a former team doctor uh, for the Chargers. He's familiar with the concussion protocol. He pointed out that, Hey, he was checked out by the team doctors. He was checked out by independent doctors. He said that he himself was ready to go, and he went back out into the game. I mean, he was on the injury report all week long uh, with a back injury, with an ankle injury. And then tonight, with the visual still fresh in everybody's head, that he was just bounced off the head or his head bounced off the ground this past Sunday, to then see him basically just shot into the ground tonight, ragdolled into the ground, and his head bouncing off the turf this time, leaving on a stretcher, going to the hospital, neck, head injury, and now it's being reported that he's going to fly back home with the team. It still makes you go, damn. Like, is this just a reminder of how violent the NFL is? We know this. Or is this just business as usual? It's uncomfortable to watch. I don't know if it's an overreaction or, or what the case might be. 855-212-4CBS. A matter of fact, I want you to hear the sat call. I want you to hear this courtesy of the Dolphins Radio Network. Most of it remains the running back. The play action to a roll to his left stops. Nobody's open, Joe. He's going to be sacked back in his own territory. At the 47-yard line, two is down. He got body slammed. He got thrown down, and they're coming out right now. Jimmy had time to get rid of it. Instead, he gets thrown down hard, and he's not getting up. Oh, boy. And he didn't just not get up. He seemingly, uh, you know, didn't have control of, of his body at that point. His hands, he brought his hands up to his face. He... He wasn't in control of himself in that moment. Not at all. The NFL Players Association, about 40 minutes, they tweeted this out. Player health and safety is at the core of the union's mission. Our concern tonight is for Tua, and we hope for a full and speedy recovery. Our investigation into the potential protocol violation is ongoing. That is in reference to just this past Sunday. And I already told you, it's been shared with all of us that Tua, he's not staying in Cincinnati. He's exiting the hospital if he has not left already. And he will be on the team plane back home to Florida. 855-212-4CBS. 
Jacob, he's calling from Florida. You're on the JR Sport B Show. Go ahead, Jake. Hey, Jacob, you're live. Hey, can you hear me good, brother? I got you now. Go ahead, please. Hey, awesome, man. Hey, look, I'm a uh, longtime listener and actually a second-time caller here out of Mossy Head, Florida. Hey, look, man, I tell you, Tua, he's just gotten a rough end of the stick the entire time up here. You know, the entire time he's been, uh, you know, at the Dolphins, he's uh, the team has been courting other quarterbacks left and right like they're the hussy of the NFL. And at the same time, you know, he's been, you know, having to be served in at different times behind Brian Fitzpatrick at inopportune times while they're courting Deshaun Watson, while they're courting Tom Brady. He gets thrown out there. He's playing like fires best as he can. And, you know, we know he gets kind of tossed around a little bit and gets blown up like that. I mean, what can you do for the poor guy? I just feel like he's just getting the rough end of the stick. Well, he was getting the, the rough short end of the stick. Regardless of how you want to describe the stick, uh, Tua has been beaten by it. I mean, it seems like the second and minute that he was drafted, you know, people were overly concerned. Well, not maybe overly concerned is not the right word, but there was concern about his hip. There were a lot of critics about what he was going to be able to do. At one point in time, there were there were whole conversations about Tua Tonga-Valoa and his Wonderlick scores. And, and we know when he did get an opportunity to start, when Brian Flores had him out there, he had no problem giving Tua Tonga-Valoa the hook and saying, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you come on in and finish the game. And so now Tua's – he did. He's having – one of the best starts of, of his career, the best start of his career. He, he came into tonight completing 71% of his passes, nine touchdowns to two interceptions, and then to see him go down in the second quarter due to that head injury, it ain't fun. You want to talk about short end of the stick? Tua Tonga-Valoa is getting beaten in, in every way imaginable. And let's also be clear. It was only a few weeks ago that Tua Tonga-Valoa stood in front of the media, talked about his play as a quarterback, and said, yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the smaller side. Like, I, and, and it wasn't in reference of I'm small, I'm going to get beat up. It was in reference to, you know, being able to find and see his receivers. Does that mean the same thing for defenders? Can he see them coming? And when he does get hit, I mean, damn it, he's, he's going to go. Rich is calling from Chicago. You're on the JR Sport Brief Show. Hey, JR. Uh, I wanted to, to give it some additional insight in that I've had that injury myself. And the reason I don't think it's a concussion, it wasn't for me either. And I was involved in a, in a football hit. Well, what, it, it, when you say you, you've been involved in that injury, yeah. what injury are you referring to? Well, well your, your hand... Uh, reacts and you get dizzy and it it wasn't it wasn't a head injury once i was diagnosed and i had surgery it comes down to the, a back and spinal injury because you'll get a nerve reaction where your hand and your hand and arm just starts reacting where you can't control it and when you get up you are dizzy and i had surgery to correct it when i played years ago and that's why he was probably cleared from the protocol of, of head trauma from last week. He was probably diagnosed correctly, but I think if, if they poke into this and they do an MRI, you're, you're going to see 
is, you know, if you notice his neck snap back, so you're talking about vertebrae in the base of your head, which is running your spine. And I yes. think you'll see. Yeah, I think, I think they did the right thing. They're they're going to catch all kinds of flack, but if they gave this kid an MRI, you could properly figure out why it's happened two weeks in a row. Well, we can't even say. And thank you, Rich, for calling from Chicago. We can't even say two weeks in a row. This man's head bounced off the field like a basketball on Sunday. His head bounced off the field again today, Thursday. I can't even say two weeks. We could say two games. And we can all sit around and speculate. I'm not a doctor. Oh, yeah, by the way, we just spoke to a doctor last break, Dr. David Chow who was the former head physician for the Chargers. We just spoke to him. He wasn't going to jump to conclusions. And so I'm not going to do that either. We actually spoke to a doctor. And so we can all share our stories. I'm not Tua Tagovailoa. Neither are you. Neither is the doctor. And so this is all speculative. What I can tell you is your head is not supposed to bounce off of the ground off of the turf your head is not supposed to bounce off of a damn thing and if your head is bouncing off of something that ain't healthy there's a reason that they took him off of the field on a stretcher put him in an ambulance and drove him to the hospital obviously they feel him well enough where he can fly home and god bless him i'm not a doctor but i can tell you what doesn't feel good Watching Tua Tonga Valoa's head bounce around like like Chris Paul was dribbling. That's not necessary. NFL PA, and yeah, they're going to grandstand. They want to make a big deal out of the investigation, what took place, what did not take place. It's their job. Everybody has taken enough heat over the past 10 years about CTE and concussions. This ain't done. Let's just all hope that that Tua is actually fine. His back, his neck, his brain, he's good enough to fly home now. We're going to talk more about this on the other side. Get into the game and Tua here on CBS Sports Radio, the JR Sport Brief Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t